Welcome to the 158. Today we hear from Corporal Retired Sean Mahar, a tank operator in Germany and Bosnia in the early 90s. Sean currently is the co-founder of Spartan Wellness. Spartan Wellness has successfully treated veterans, RCMP, first responders, and all Canadians while understanding their needs and culture. For more info on Spartan Wellness, check them out at spartanwellness.ca. All right, we got Sean Maharin today, uh, second armored guy that's come through. Mm. Thanks for coming, Sean. No problem. Welcome to the show. Thank you. armored guy. Wait, I got, the last time I was under this illusion, because being in Germany, the armored guys always had the leopards. Yes. Did you experience that side of it, or did you Yes, I did. I was a leopard driver. Okay. Yeah. And a gunner. Just a... I know the infantry guys, when you're in, we're getting right into it here, but there's a lot of envy for the tankers because you're just, you're in the, like that slushy mud and you've been to Hohenfels and I know anyone listening out there at Hohenfels, you're like, just, I know it's like up to your knees in mud. And then the leopards come by and it's all nice and warm. <laughs> They're not touching mud. <laughs> Did you guys have heat and air? And- no air. No it air. was a leopard one, unfortunately. So that was in Germany? Yes. So how long were you in Germany for? Uh, about three years. I got there in 89. I was in there in 89 to 92, 92, the end of 92. I've always wanted to know what the routine was like for the guys that were living in Germany because I don't think the average civilian would understand that that was a posting. That's, you, you got a medal for that. Uh, your family came with you, but it's kind of... Right now, we're used to Afghanistan, where it was completely different. You're not bringing your family, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the routine like? Was it like a nine to five, Monday to Friday? What about weekends? Pretty like much, that? yeah. When when you were in garrison, it was a it was a nine to five scenario. We would do PT in the morning. Um, then we would do vehicle maintenance, and pretty much that'd be it. You know, every day was the same thing. A lot of lot of maintenance on your vehicle and. But when we went to the field, we were gone for, say, a month, a couple months, sometimes. Uh, yeah, fall camps. X would be over a month. Yeah, well, well, we'd do a month in the in the field, and then we'd do a month in the towns. That's right. So it was both types of it, it's, warfare. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you're doing a little bit of training while you're on a mission. Like, it was mission-based. Right, yeah, uh, there, was, was there were NATO missions, yeah. you know, as if we were being invaded by Russia, so we, we took over a lot of the countryside, and the, the local Germans didn't like that for sure, but I can see their, them not liking it, but that's just, you know, if there's planes whipping over your head and stuff like that, tanks rumbling through your field, it's... <laughs> you know, I'm, as the podcast gets going, maybe just to add something into that, and I heard it on another podcast with Dan Carlin had said, you know, those were the Russians on the other side. And I even joked about it, and I've stopped doing it, because we've had the luxury of time to know that that didn't happen. But when you're there, you don't know that. So I'm curious, do you think that how, let's say, Poland right now, what we see in the news right now, what's going on with Canadian troops being overseas, I mean, we get a little bit of the news, Sorry, I stuttered right. there. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, infantier all the way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you see a little bit of it in the news, and you know, it's you think that it's safe and it's all good because we just had Afghanistan. Uh, but reality is, they're there with purpose mm-hmm. for if shit kicks off, right? Yeah. Do you do you see similarities to that? Do you think? And Jurgen um, was in Germany too, so I don't think it was as, it was the tensions were as high when I was there, but there was definitely times. Like that, I'd heard stories from back in the day in the early '70s. There was a couple of uh, we they'd call them snowballs, where the whole base was put on alert, and it was a it was usually a training exercise. To uh, all the tanks would load up, and we'd go to our marshalling places, and the infantry and everybody would would stand too. But then it would just to be called off as a drill. But there was okay. times where there was locals at the gate with their kids crying, saying, "Please take my baby." Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there was always um, protesters and things like that. So it was it was pretty intense for a young a young guy. With to, his family there too. Right. 
Yeah, like I didn't have my, my I got married there, so yeah. it was just me and the wife. But it was, you know, so it's a little more. You're not worried about your kids or whatever. But yeah, uh, there was a there was a huge there was schools, high school, everything. Wow. But outside yeah. our base, we would go to the nightclubs where I believe in Kandahar. You were not going to the nightclubs. Yeah. No, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. We were able to go on leave to like yeah. Spain. And yeah, that's wild. All over, wherever you wanted to go in Europe. You weren't hitting up Uzbekistan or. It's just Kazakhstan such a. or any of those spots. For me, it's such a different dynamic. And it's from a time that the military wasn't something that I was really paying attention to in those early years of my life. Not to age you guys or anything here. But <laughs> it's, it's just a different dynamic that I don't think a lot of people my age would understand. And it's just kind of cool to hear how things worked over there. So you guys were both there at the same time then? Was that your No, we weren't. You came right after I left. Mm -hmm. uh, you were there in 89 mm -hmm. and I left. I was I, out in Civi, like Private Rudolph got. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you did two years in Germany, is that right, Sean? So before going to Germany, what was your experience in the military? Were you like looking, was uh, Germany a I, thing? No, I joined, uh, I signed up by uh, 88, uh, like uh, November 4th, I believe. And I was in Cornwallis by, um, maybe I started Cornwallis November 4th. I'm fucking having a brain fart there. But <laughs> I, I signed up in the, the summer before that. And basically I picked Armored and got it. And that was... Uh, I got my papers to go to Cornwallis. So I was in Cornwallis November, that's right, because I, we weren't there long and I was doing my leave pass to come home for Christmas. And uh, we finished up with that and my TQ3 was delayed by about five months in New Brunswick. So we went there into a transient barracks basically and we did winter warfare training. Oh, fun. Yes, yes that was lovely. <laughs> So that's like a pat platoon, I guess, like a holding platoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would just fill up. We were doing like infantry stuff, fill up the sleds and pull them all around and gauge town and do do that gig, right? And You're make like, fuck, own, this isn't what I signed up for. Make your own. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was a good go, but uh, do it for then a we we got. I think we were told when we first started our Tiki three that we'd be going to Germany, but you didn't know until then, basically. It was like each course was slated to go to a different regiment, and just yeah. depending on where that regiment was, that was the next one up. And it's just the luck of the draw. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's so, that like that's, you too? Same, same thing. The PPCOI, like our, in the battle school, it was our platoon, just you're the ones going. Yeah. So then how long afterwards, what was workup training or anything like that? I'm using my no, own uh, experience TQ, here. No, I did my TQ3 and we were right to Germany, right into the driver's hole. Yeah. So is that like, what's that? Yeah. I don't know what the armor course. Well, no, actually after Tiki 3, I did go and do the driver training course um, to learn how to drive and operate the Leopard and the maintenance. And we have a guide dog here, just so everyone knows if you're listening, Sean's not telling me to lay down. It's not yeah. getting weird or anything. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it, is quite, it is pretty cool having a dog in at the podcast. Like it brings yeah. that warmth. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So you ended up doing the driver's course and then... Yeah, so when I got to Germany, I was I was posted right to uh, Two Troop B Squadron as a driver of Two Two Bravo. So and then, wait, my, what, what, what town were you in? I was in Lar. Lar. Okay. Yeah. You would have been the Van Dues? No, yeah, the Van Dues were there, sorry, yeah. Oh, that's fine. I was with the 8th Canadian Hazars. How many of you, uh, how many English at base and then how many Van Dues? Like, were you guys overpowered? Um, Lar was pretty big, I believe. It was pretty big. Like, oh, yeah, that's uh, all right. Then. Yeah, they, it wasn't they, just like you guys and then all French. No, no, there was a service battalion and there was uh, there was artillery. There was the air defense guys. There was uh, quite a few other units. So you Plus, had, uh, I believe you had an air squadron. Yes, yeah. we did, yes. Yes. Yeah, there was a tactical helicopter squadron also. So there was... There was pretty well everything you'd need to fight a little war. So you and Polly are there in Germany. You got married there, you said? Yeah, we got married in 91. That's cool. 
Yeah, we got married uh, in the town of Friesenheim. You have to do, you had to do like the, to get, to make it legal, they wouldn't just, you couldn't just do, go get married on the base in the Catholic church. You had to do it in the, the city hall or whatever. Okay. So we got married twice. <laughs> and I always screw up the dates. <laughs> do you at least have both of the dates oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, this year we're not doing that date. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, okay, help me out here. Sean, was Friesenheim the place up in the mountains? Yes, to- yes. I lived in Friesenheim, so that's just the town we went to. It was a city hall there. And How sounds- long was your ride, drive to the base? Oh, 15 minutes. But down from up in the mountains, down into the Just water. around Tit Hill there, yeah. It was just outside. Like, you, it was, uh, I, I don't think it was 15 minutes to my place. Like, if you went out the back gate. But it was close. What was it like getting back from Germany? Like, that's a long posting. Um, it was, it was, I went to Ottawa, so that was a bit of a shock. I remember getting in my car and they, they said on the radio it was like minus 26. And where I was in Germany, the coldest it got was like maybe minus two. Oh wow! We were in a valley, so it was it was it was pretty pretty mild, and uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. But I was I was I had a pretty cool gig in Ottawa. I was a test driver. I had my own tank, and I got to do all these tests on it for new track pads and new this, new that, and it was pretty it was pretty good. Wait, and I gotta was, jump in here. Sure. Because I only got to drive. The one one threes and the, the yeah. links. I was pretty well qualified on every vehicle we had. So but those are just little tiny, like that leopard. What yeah. is that like to fly oh, through those streets? Yeah, it was pretty. In, it was pretty intense to drive it on the autobahn and stuff like that. It was. It was fun. Like it, yeah. it can keep up. Like this oh yeah, a, it would do. It would do sixty kilometers easy. An that, hour. That's a force with probably what twenty five tons. I think it was about 40, 42. 42. I think the new ones are, are a lot heavier, but they're around 50, I think, the Leopard 2s. But. Yeah, I remember us, I mean, obviously you're down in the ground looking at these things. Yeah. Like, oh, man, they're quite the machinery. Yeah, it was, it was scary to be, you know, you get, you beat on, in a tank hide, and at night there was someone would be, broke down or whatever and they'd come into the hide late and if you were sleeping on the ground you woke up and watched just in case this guy came and you know turned the wrong way because you're sleeping in the in the woods right but i can imagine what it was like for you guys and to see it from the other side so when you play enemy forces recce you'd fly with the little links up you know, you take your mm-hmm. chances and you're flying along, you fly over a ridge line and all of a sudden there's a leopard there. It's pretty freaky because mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, like this thing's just, like it's overdone. Like this thing just, it, it's like a, an F-18 and a biplane. Basically. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty, yeah, pretty neat piece of machinery. And so you're, you drove those. Yeah. Yeah. I did the driver's course at Pet or Gage Town, like I said, and then when I was in Germany, I got to do the guttery course. So I got to shoot it as well. That was that was pretty awesome. What's the size of that? 105. Oh, knock knock. Yeah. Does that yeah. suck the wind right out of you every time you fire it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sucks a little. It, like uh, I remember standing beside the tank. Like there's a point where you can get killed. Like you yeah. can't go forward to the gun trunnions. And I was just back of that, and it like. It just burns your skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think of even just like the Carl G, where like yeah, you're holding someone and yeah, that, same yeah, that suction, it's almost yeah. like it'll suck snot yeah. out of you, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's even bigger, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a concussion uh, almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a concussion. My friend fooling around one time, he took, he was unloading it. You unload and reload as the, re- as the loader is a pretty cool job too because you're right in the midst of it all and banging away and he, he pulls one out and just sticks it underneath the driver's seat so the smoke is just billowing out of this thing and I'm looking through the sight and I can't figure out why I can't see and I look over he's giggling and I look down in this empty casings between my feet I was like you bastard 
but uh, yeah, lots of fun times. But it was, uh, I thought it was a great job. So you get back Canada, things yep. are going normal, and then it's like, all right, it's Bosnia time. Well, yeah, I was in, I was at Leedy there in Ottawa as a test driver, and uh, they, uh, at that time, they were closing a shitload of bases. It was the early '90s, and uh, Leedy got slated to cl be closed. So I got posted to the RCDs, and they were going to Bosnia. So I got posted there in May, and we left in October. Now, when you're going over, how, how much are you aware of that incident that happened in '92 with? I always oh, we didn't. The really, we had we had uh, we had heard mostly rumors about it. Nothing, uh, nothing from a training perspective. That's for sure. Can we? Can we just? That is fucked up. Yeah. Can you? Uh, what you're talking about? I yeah. don't even have knowledge of. So okay, we're gonna bust <laughs> this wide open right now because I got that's really close to, and there's gonna be people that can speak way more deeper because I was not there, mm -hmm. but I served with. I mean, Charlie Company was there, and mm -hmm. I, that's a lot of those guys I served with. And you can go on YouTube and research. There's a book and as well. Ghosts yeah. of the Medak Pond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, long and short of it is the, it was 92. The French were in charge of an area that. When you say French, you mean France or France? Like, okay. The, France, yeah. Yeah, like, I always uh, think Van Dues first. I don't know why. No, 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 no Canadian. The French, the French, uh, and. Guys, listen to this. We're going to have to have someone that was there on this podcast, but just to bust it out because I think let's draw some light to this because it's something that I'm sure there's been a few deaths just because it's been hidden by the Canadian government. So the French, when you do peacekeeping, the French are part of NATO, so they are in charge of this area. But the Croatians are not respecting the French and they're just moving through their position because the French aren't stopping them. We're not talking about the French Foreign Legion, just average French mm -hmm. conscript that gets stuck there. So I guess Charlie Company gets called in to say, you're going to hold that position. And that's a little different story now. That's the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry in there. And I, what I've heard from guys that were there is the captain said, okay, guys, we may lose a few guys tonight. Like, we're digging in. And the word is that happened is the they're there in their blue berets, like fucked up, like not in cam. And the Croatians are attacking now. And it's basically the PPC line held them off, shot them. And I guess there was a ceasefire the next day. And I'm sure there's a lot more to be said on it than what I'm, than what yeah. I'm saying. And I want to yeah. get that out there. But that happened in 92. I think it was the biggest battle we'd been in since Korea. Jesus. Yeah. And imagine this, all these guys get home and there was reservists on that. And it was like, okay, guys, peace out. See ya. And, uh, and then there's no one no over one, here that no, no, no one knew, knew about what it. No one was either. And how about this? Yeah. You didn't even get told about this, and you're going over there. Yeah. So, there, so you ended up, from that story, you ended up hearing rumors about it. Yeah, we had heard rumors that there was a little... Shit going on. Yeah, yeah, there was shooting and stuff, but just through the ranks, basically, nothing. Like, we had done training with guys that had been there where they were training us on what a roadblock roadblock was going to look like yep. and, and all your SOP stuff right? yeah yeah so we had gotten a lot of stuff but it, because it wasn't acknowledged I guess they couldn't do training on it yeah huh <laughs> yeah that's okay though mm -hmm. me as Mr. Politician I'm, I'm okay with sending you into that danger without acknowledging it We'll just kind of hush it up. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the first effects. time. Look at Somalia. Like, they didn't get a medal for how long? Yeah. I mean, 10 years or something like that it took to get a medal? And wow. as this podcast goes out, there's another incident that happened at the same time that had an effect on that because there was mefloquine and things like yeah. that involved, which will go down a whole other yeah. avenue. So, you... What were the, the time frames again? How long from you get to your... Your battery, and then I got to I got to May. I got there in May, and I got to, I was in the I was in transport at the beginning because I was qualified every fucking vehicle we had. I was like, no. At first, I thought it was great. But. You know how many guys are just laughing? <laughs> so, but then I was lucky enough to get picked to go to assault troop, and I got to go do the assault troopers course, 
So that was pretty cool. You get to go. It's like a pioneer course, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. That's cool. An assault trooper? Yeah, it was an assault troop. So that's the very front. Well, yeah, if anything, we were in the camp, but if any anything happened, we were in combat support port squadron with airborne tubes and uh, infantry, and we would get, we would deploy to whatever. You're like the QRF. Exactly. And the, you're going to have dismounted infantry around you. No, it's just us. They are the dismounted yeah. infantry now. We were acting as that. That was what, that was our role, but we were doing it out of Grizzlies. So it depended on whether, on the situation, whether we'd dismount. There was too many mines, really, to oh. go run and play in silly bugger. So you didn't really dismount a lot, right? So they're not, Canada's not dropping leopards off. In no, Boston no, they did, they did after I left. Like, I think they got them in 97, I want to say, or 96. They brought some leopard ones over there, which made a huge difference like you said it's just coming around that ridge and you see that thing you're gonna change your whole attitude right <laughs> yeah. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> no, it's the same in afghanistan they'd always say as soon as you bring in the labs and you yeah. fire a couple couple rounds downrange, then they don't seem to fire back they go yeah. fuck this <laughs> yeah. uh so we're kind of jumping back and forth sure. here but i want to know what it was like when you got to bosnia like when i got that? to bosnia it was pretty it was pretty crazy um we I got held back after the flight to crew command a bunch of, we had a bunch of vehicles come in and they were in split and that's where we flew into. So we heard that, I think they were up the coast near Primiston where the, the, the other Canadian contingent was. And uh, we had to go there and get them basically off of a, they just came off a ship. They were in a marshaling yard and we, we I had to crew command it back to the, to the camp with no radio, no guns. I had my personal weapon. That was it. I had a stick to hit the guy on the shoulder with when we wanted to turn. And we got shoot we got shot at a few times. Well you got shot at him when we well once we got into it, we went by Mostar and it was they were getting like artillery was coming in. We got through that and then when we got through the camp when we got to the camp there was literally like a a, you know the advance party came to meet us to we followed them in but i got stuck behind a horse and carriage and didn't see where he turned and i ended up going like i can see the camp on the right like the lights shining on the flag and then some assholes from the mountain just start lighting us up just just over our heads but it was i had to do like a 45 point turn on the road Awesome powers before awesome powers. With my stick, buddy, fucking. Just so everyone knows, yeah. he's point. He's tapping on each shoulder. This. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what I wish we had video going. Yeah. <laughs> but and we got in out. there, and uh, yeah, it was. I I had seen all my buddies from Germany. They had all went to the Strathconas when the base closed in Germany. So they uh, they were. I relieved them basically, and. It was funny. They were just, you know, they were at the end of their tour. They're all geared up to go home. And what did they tell you? Like, what was this? There's got to be some stories. They, or... Yeah, they, it was more just fucking with you. You know, <laughs> all you guys are fucked. Yeah, you good know, old army yeah. shit, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't get into any. There wasn't. Uh, people didn't talk. I don't think like they do now about traumatic events. If you know what I mean. If there was. Something they did, they weren't telling us. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long were you there for? I was there for six months. Six months, nice. Yeah, yeah I was okay. there from October, I think, 28th till May 1st. So, I've heard some rumors that guys would leave base and go get drunk in town and stuff. Is that true? No, you couldn't leave the camp. The only people that left the camp when, when I was there were the truck, civilian truck drivers. And we used to tell them not to go because every once in a while, not all of them would come back. Oh, wow. Really? Eh? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't go downtown when I was there. Were there other areas or did it just change no, as time? There was, yeah, well, the, the war was still on, so you couldn't, there was, there was no electricity, there was nothing. But after my tour, probably, I think maybe into the end of, even 96 then you were able to go downtown and have a pizza and oh, okay. the community started to open up again and it was that's a crazy to think of what was downtown what town? well it was just uh, the town of Visoko. okay 
Visico, I think they call it. And it's it was just a small little town, but they had a little market and they had little, you know, little things. It was all, like I said, that you couldn't, there was, it was, it was just basically like on lockdown when I was there. Like the town, there wasn't a lot of fighting necessarily right there. But if the, the whole thing was, if we would have left, there was a lot of people that were multi-races, families and things like that. They, it was a safe haven for them. So the Serbs wanted to destroy that, right? And kind of the master race, whatever, yeah. one. Like so, everywhere. Yeah, so it was just they. That was their safe area, and uh, yeah. So that's interesting, though. It was the Serbs wanting to get down at that town, where the deck pocket was the opposite. The Croats, yeah. Just context around yeah. how confusing yeah. the war has become. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yep. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So over six months, what were like? Do you have any experiences, like uh, things that stand out from? Uh, we helped. We did help a lot of people. We we fixed a lot of schools up. We 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 would go and fill the holes in the blackboards. Like just they would do sporadic fire just to stop the class work, or you know they would disrupt these yeah. kids' lives. And we would go fix it, and they would shoot it all up again, and then we'd come back and fix it. And that's great. That's I always use my experiences. Obviously, that's a part that people forget about Afghanistan. Without being with the provincial reconstruction team, that's a lot of stuff that we did was making yeah. sure that schools were okay. Yeah, I think that and, makes it okay. You actually see some yeah, the good parts of it where it's not just war or whatever yeah. or the shit that that leaves. Yeah, it makes it humane almost. Yeah, not yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So For it's sure. good that you got to see Yeah, some I got to, we got to help a little bit that way and just you know we were we were convoying humanity humanitarian aid a lot we would protect those doing security type stuff yeah so you are going outside the base oh yeah oh yeah we like assault troop every day we were out basically until there was uh i think it was 50 55 canadians that were holding the positions in the serbian side were were taken hostage for lack of a better, like they were taken hostage, but at first they basically just closed the line so we couldn't get to them. And then they brought them to uh, the town, their town municipal building or whatever. And that was pretty scary. They were, they were locked up in there for, there was a plan to go save them and everything. And I was part of that. So you guys, that's more than just like QRF then at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, we, we, that was actually JTF's first mission oh. was with us. And we were we were told not to refer to them as JTF because they were secret. Secret squirrels. And my friend, that's when the, the, where the name came from. My friend Martin told, said, okay, well, we'll be here. The secret squirrels will be here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so you're, you're part of history. <laughs> the secret squirrels. Yeah, yeah, you can get patches and everything. Right now. <laughs> that guy should have been making tons of bank. Yeah, he yeah. Should have and that. It was cool because there was a guy that I served with in Germany that was on their team. So oh, we got okay. to we were like, hey, my God, <laughs> but they were they were driving around with no name tags, no stuff, which is normal for now. But it was they stuck out back then. Yeah, you know what and I mean. And what were you guys wearing back then? Well, we were just right? wear yeah, the, the just. Normal comp, the old combats. So, like the name camp. tags and stuff definitely stand out. That. Yeah, well, it, it stands out if you don't have it. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. One of these things, not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm back on the 50 Canadians. Now they. Right, 55. Soldier, 55 yeah. soldiers. Yes, and officers. <laughs> like there was basically a squadron of guys. It was, it was B squadron that were holding those positions. And, uh, yeah, they were there for, I think they were, it was about maybe 30 days or it was, it was a few, it was, they were, they were like two or three days under the, whatever the government's number is that you would actually be benefit, you would get a, a pension for if you're held hostage for so many oh, yeah, yeah. days. Well, they were just a couple shy of that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, some of them were pissed off. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck? 
So what was the, how did that all play out in the end? It's well, then they uh, they basically because it, ha- it even like it went up to the the Serbs did it because the Yanks were bombing them, so they wanted that to stop. So that basically stopped, and um, they let our guys go, and we reoccupied the positions because we had the plan to break in and whatever but that was a pretty goofy plan at the end of the day because you're basically driving into a town that's surrounded by mountains and they owned it yeah so they have all the high point you guys are just going into one spot yeah 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 it's not like you could go out and take the high ground well the fast air could but you know they're entrenched so it's bunch of problems yeah they might not get them every time right they well we had to write letters saying goodbye and yeah put in your mer- barrack box so yeah we had letters that were in our uh, deus because that's yeah, mm-hmm. for your family yeah a Just, lot of people out there have had to write one of those letters yeah well young too <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, i think polly still has it she oh, found really? a whole bunch of un letters oh like that blue paper they actually gave us like oh, the, wow. I didn't know that. fold it up and lick it and <laughs> they were pretty cool. Yeah, it had the UN insignia on it. I think that's the only good part the UN did. <laughs> they never, they wouldn't answer the phone after Friday though. <laughs> on the weekend, they, they just can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> Damn bureaucrats. <laughs> so then you end up coming back after Bosnia. Yeah, I came back while I was in Bosnia. Funny story when I was when I was in Germany, our squadron clerk was a good buddy of mine, Navy guy major piss tank and uh she didn't my my paperwork got delayed by like six months so i i was in bosnia without a contract oh i've heard of guys in these situations and they wanted before. me to resign while i was there but before we went they gave us a career manager's briefing where they told me there was probably a 90 percent chance that i would have retired as a corporal after 20 years with this huge there cutback was, thing. And I yeah, was like, the white book, or is that what it was at the I time? I got two kids, I'm going to be a corporal when I retire. Like, yeah. how's that work, right? Like, I'd be better off to come back here and get a job and try and get a pension and whatever, right? So now, in your head, you're starting to think it's time to look. Well, look even before options. Bosnia, I I had applied to the Hamilton police. The I did the, the corrections test uh, and passed it, the aptitude test. So then it was just a matter of trying to wait to be placed, but all I could get at the beginning was part-time. And I didn't realize that part-time would have probably been full-time, but I had just gotten a job at National Steel Car, which was full-time. So it wasn't like I could take time off to go do another. So I just said no thanks to that. And the fire department after, I declined with them as well. So there was two- You gotta pay the mortgage. yeah, yeah the, life. exactly, yeah, so. Yeah, you're not doing a long-term plan of 25 years. You're like, hey, I got, like, I two got months. I got bills today, yeah, like, and uh, it was. It's not as easy to find out information back then as it no, is now. No, like, oh, I know that the, well, the, it had to be, the last pay clerk I had was in PET, and the, the way I did my taxes, I, I owed, like, eight grand or something like that. It's like me every year. Somehow. So like it's like I get it. I just got out and then they I got hit with that. Jesus. And they they're coming after you like the mob too. Yeah, yeah. They're not fooling around. Yeah. yeah. Like I was I, I I I said to them, I was like, fuck, I'm a vet. The lady said, You drive a taxi? I was like, Where are you? <laughs> yeah. I right now, the last few years I've ended up owing thousands of dollars and yeah. they come after me and I'm like, You're coming after me because the government Messed up in accounting error. Yeah. And now the government is chasing me because you guys messed up. I was so yeah. kerfuffled and pissed. Yeah. Who gets yeah, to chase them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sean, if you tell them where you're at. <laughs> Whereabouts are you in the building? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what cubicle? <laughs> I'll be right there. Yeah. Well, and I want to jump into that, but I know there's a bit to get done first on the story, but no problem. We're leaning into yeah. afterwards and, yeah. and what's happening and when yeah. this. You know, some, how I met you, you know, it's, it's changed since I was, when I got out, I just buried everything. But now, yeah. you know, we're at a golf tournament and 
you know, there's prizes being given out, and there's helping heroes heal. And, well, that's yeah. you know, so. Uh, that's how Sean and I know each other is from the support really is my parents ended up uh, everything was a blur back then but just my life was going downhill really quick and the military was like well see you later kicked me to the curb when it wasn't even that they were just like they just wiped their they, hands yeah like, they don't have done with they you. don't have yeah, a, okay. a transition really they try and they have one now but they didn't really have one then yeah and like even then it was flawed yeah. to say the least it was just starting out I think yeah. most of the people were were running it were were get they weren't getting released because they were higher ranks, but they were getting put in this place. Yeah, I got they had worse PTSD than all of us. Yeah, I sat down with one of the warrants, and uh, I, I was lucky at first. I had a, an amazing warrant officer and captain that uh, Polly, Sean's wife, ended up getting me linked up with. But then that changed, and the warrant officer afterwards, and I was going through hell, and you're transitioning out. It's like, let me become a civilian. Leave me the fuck alone. And they're like, you're coming in. You go down, sit down with them, and he's like... And he's another RCR guy, which even I was like, this is ridiculous. And he's mm -hmm. like, I had PTSD and I got over it. And it's like, yeah. fuck you, motherfucker. Like, I wanted yeah. to strangle him. Just not a, not, a, yeah. not a good uh, situation not a good for, to put a young guy in with a mental problem. <laughs> yeah. An injury, not a problem. Yeah. It's an injury, right? Well, I created a lot of problems because of that, too. But, though, but yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to. Circumstances that yeah. lead to an injury. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so that's that's how Sean and I first met, actually, was through OSIS. Right. Operational Stress Injury Social Support. And that's... Uh, I was a volunteer. Yeah, you're a volunteer. So well. I'll go back to... I'll go back to... Basically, I got... I worked... I was at Steel Car for a few years. I was probably missing at least a day or two a week from, from drinking at night to try and sleep. And I'd been to the doctor a couple of times just... You know, he was giving me sleeping pills and whatever. Um, I drove a fellow home. I drove him up the mountain to a bar called the Crazy Horse Saloon. And uh, we smoked a joint on the way. And he's like, come on in, I'll buy you a beer. And we go in there and we're sitting there. And he goes, there was a, a veteran that he knew at the bar and he introduced me. He's like, you both were in Bosnia. And Tom asked me when I was there. And I was like, I don't know, bud. Fuck, I just smoked a joint, right? He's like, when were you there? I was like, 94, oh, 95. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Martino? Yeah, it was yeah, Tom okay. Martino. And he, he was like, he asked me like three or four questions throughout our beer there. And, uh, I, you know, do you have bad dreams, anger, fucking blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? And he... Brought me to Veterans Affairs, and he he knew the lady there. The I can't remember her name. I should remember this, but she was she was like the she held Doctor Richardson's job okay. before him, basically. But uh, At, was there an OSI clinic at that time? No, too, it was just the just... Hamilton VAC office. Okay. But she was the the psychiatrist in charge yep. or whatever, and uh, just started me through the process of that, and probably. I don't think I really accepted having it until about 2007 and I I went to Homewood and just, uh, I don't know, shit started to click a little better where I was able to realize the the voice in my head was lying, you know, the, my ego or whatever and uh, fucking just started volunteering with OSIS and yeah. uh, I started a group there and in Hamilton at the Legion and we... Uh, I would meet people for coffee. So it really, it was therapeutic for me too, to, to put myself out there with someone else that was hurting. Right. And you're advocating at that point too, then yeah, like going was, back to how you were before you wanted to help. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, gave you that purpose service too. again, yeah. right. It gives you a bit of a purpose is right. And, uh, and you don't feel as alone because everyone has the same fucking story at the end of the day. That's the one thing I found doing that was, it doesn't matter where, what your trauma was from. You have the same. Yeah. When you get past symptoms. the dick measuring contest yeah. end of things and you just go, okay, we're all like in some way, shape or form. And that was the best part of hearing. Like I got so angry. I punched the wall and it's like, mm -hmm. Because you have that seedling of doubt of like, am I fucking crazy? Like you yeah, see those sh yeah. TV shows like CSI, the veteran losing yeah. his mind. Oh, it's just because of that. It's like then you start second yeah. guessing. Yourself, but the right? whole thing's perceived that the guy's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's it's the public yeah. opinion. Yeah, you get Whatever. labeled. Yeah. And you start feeling like 
do people know or are people yeah. judging? Yeah, you know? and that still happens to me. You know, in in life, sometimes I start second guessing myself and things, and I just Absolutely. have to same know, with like ground uh, myself. Did you? I found trying to explain when you're in a social situation, what do you do? It's like uh, you feel tongue tied, and it's mm -hmm. like okay, now I don't want to be in those situations, uh, so I just all avoid. So then mm -hmm. you seclude yourself, and then self medicate, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. But you've been able to, and I have too, through helping others, trying to volunteer and give back. Yeah. And then, so that, you did the OSIS thing. Yep. And then Spartan Wellness has been something that you... Right. I had to, right? I, I had to kind of step aside from, 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 uh, pick one of the other type things. So I, I, I focused on Spartan and, uh, a bunch of us got together and, uh, do you want to explain Spartan Wellness just for um, someone who's... Yeah, sure. Spartan Wellness is a, a group of veterans that started a, a, a company to get um, people prescribed with medical cannabis that are that are suffering from pain or, or OSIs. But why would I want cannabis over pharmaceuticals? Well, I, I'm pretty good to ask that. I was on about 165 milligrams of hydromorphine a day. And they were trying to get me to go on the patch, the fentanyl patch. And thank God I was, I was, I got sick when they, when I put it on. Especially and now with what's going on. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was 12 years ago. So it, you know, it would, I would have been right been in now. the, no. the shit storm. May not even be now. here, really. Yeah, exactly. So I went, I got on to the medical marijuana with a, a pain doctor from Hamilton, Dr. Brian Kirsch. He used to run the pain clinic up at Shadok, and he prescribed me five grams a day, and that, that I got down to, I think about, I was down to about 30 milligrams of morphine a day then, and he he thought that was acceptable an acceptable level for the rest of my life, and I didn't I didn't I when I woke up in the morning the first fucking thought I had was did I have enough of those pills for the day, because if I had to go to a wedding or anything like that I had to take more because my pain would be worse, and it was just this fucking snowball effect of shit that I I hated it even right down like then I've got I've marijuana for trauma actually was the ones that started the ball rolling Fabian Henry they uh, they were the ones that broke that threshold where they found doctors that would prescribe it and take on veterans affairs a little bit with their you know professional thing on the line so and then people were able to go down to no drugs and or no opiates sorry you know cannabis is still a drug so as is and caffeine just, and yeah exactly Exactly. So, and I was able to really get my life back where I wasn't, I wasn't in this negative cycle anymore. I was able to start to feel again and, and crazy things like that, you know, it, it, your uh, physical shape. Has yeah. My, I lost, I lost over 120 pounds. Like oh. I was 365 when I was on that morphine. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we met in 2010 or 11 and where you were at then compared to now you're a completely different person yeah. physically yeah. you look younger too somehow yeah. like a decade later you yeah, look younger I than know. you did then it's crazy and it was uh i was i was getting really bad things reports from my doctor as well about my i got type 2 diabetes i got you know this hyper high, high blood pressure hypertension fucking everything you could like it was all 70 year old stuff and you're treating it with another med. And, yeah, and so just... I'm, you know, I went down in the hockey sock, but then I went, you know, I had to start taking ones because of the damage the other ones did. Yep. So, you know, I was pretty bitter about that for a while, and that would that would stop my progress. I realize now that I just have to try and focus on the positive shit and let the negative stuff go. And Yeah, what you have control of today. Yes, yes, and uh, you know, through the cannabis, really has helped me do that. And just you know, I've got a, I've got a ton of other tools, right? The service dog here, Nevi, he 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 keeps me grounded as well. And 
just uh, my I do mindfulness. I do, you know, going to yeah. see a doctor every couple of weeks. I, well, through Spartan Wellness, you put on yoga for yeah, other yeah, yoga, yeah, yoga is another another one that I t really believe in. That I believe just in it too. Burning was, off a little bit of energy will we'll, we'll release the positive uh, endorphins and things into yeah. your body where you're, you don't need a antidepressant to do it. Say, yeah, you're sharing that out there for the veterans and first responders. I I know myself. I've been invited. Just haven't been able to. to yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're doing another one next month. I just have to figure out the date. Which is kind of, I guess, as we talk about explaining what Spartan is, not just about. Yeah, it's, well, it's really about we 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 really like that wellness part, and uh, to get back to Spartan, they last year I believe we were bought by a company called MPXI International, and they they've done huge things in the states. Um, with with growing the knowledge and things like that about it the the industry and they're they're really geared on trying to help people but in the states it's not legal everywhere there's only certain states that can do it so they've they've invested in Canada yeah and the, and the UK I believe to bring it to the next stage where there's so many parts of the plant that haven't even been they're broken yeah. down yet yeah. where there's only like cbd is new right and there's yeah. there's a hundred other things that they could figure out so well, it's you, it's pretty pretty cool they were bought spartan wellness was bought but it's still yeah we had still like the face of it yeah and, yeah we're and, still called spartan wellness we're just called spartan wellness by mpxi okay but right. and it's still like veteran pretty much yep yep we're all parent company MPXI. Yeah. Yeah. And what do they What do they do? They They are a marijuana company from the states. They're okay. They're the. They're they're, the oh, that's who we're talking. Yeah. About. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The they're country. like a bio, fucking. I can't even say. Brian's <laughs> <laughs> gonna give me shit for that. <laughs> Cut that out, Derek. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's really they really are on the cutting edge of trying to find the next thing that's going to be healthy and things like that and and the wellness thing we've got the chef cody Lindsay is with us out on the west coast this this poor guy was in the navy using cannabis for for anxiety and got medically or he was released kicked out of the military for using it and now he has a show where he teaches veterans how to cook with it with he's the wellness soldier but he's a part of spartan wellnesses too so it's not on, just is that on youtube yep he's all over youtube just google chef cody Lindsay. cody Lindsay, and he's got tons of the wellness soldier he's got tons of oh, recipes that, yeah. so it's no more just put it in the magical butter machine and well he uses away. the magic butter machine to make the butter but he also uses oils from tilray Okay. To infuse the most wonderful dinners you Watching can Watching you. I wish that we had video again. <laughs> you're, you're talking those bottles with the yellow or blue label? From like, Tilray, yeah. yeah. Okay, my friend James Colley's giving me one of those. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They're, they're, yeah, very, yes. they're great. Yes, yeah. and you, you basically, you, you, you know, you, you put in a, a low dose and you, you can have a, it's like a dinner party, but with cannabis. Yeah. It's the, it's the new thing. Spartan Wellness nice. also at the Kingston game. We were all at that game. Well, the three veterans in the room. Sorry, Derek. We were all at that <laughs> Kingston game. The, left out. the Leafs won, and James was the captain of. And so I saw Spartan. Uh, yeah, we were there. Carrie, Carrie's taking charge with what she's been doing with all of the hockey stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw that Spartan Wellness, I think, donated a whole bunch of jerseys for right. veterans. And right. We did the 158. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going up tomorrow. Uh, to Trenton to go play, and I'll be wearing those jerseys. Awesome! So yeah, that's awesome. So oh, the ones from the uh, the tournament. Yeah. In, oh, cool. Uh, back in November yeah, so, second. Yeah, it's right. not just cannabis, and it's not just here's an event. Like there's other small things that have been. No, there's tons of things that they've uh, they've sponsored. They they we give we've given a, I don't know how much, but we've given thousands of dollars to Soldier On. Yeah. In the last few years, just to, I know that we 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 like Soldier On. Yeah, of course. I, Soldier On's done so much for all, me. Yeah. Uh, but I do know that it's unfortunate they, because of the government, they can't blast it out. Hey, we got this cannabis company <laughs> donating. Exactly. Yeah, it, which is unfortunate. Yes, but, yes it is. But yeah, but it's I great think, to know. Why is if, that? Well, it's just copyright and all kinds of different. It's got to go through like a public office, uh, like an information officer probably. And 
you can't really because uh, it's part of the forces. I think. Yeah, it's government, right? Yeah, uh, it's so, the same thing with OSIS. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's government plus the legalities around marijuana is you can't advertise to anyone that can be under the age of whatever it is, or so there, yeah, there's so like many legalities. There's a lot of it. sticky things, like even with my one of my producers is James Wagner. We, yeah, we they donated them, twenty thousand or yeah, something. Yeah, to soldier yeah. on it, but they wanted to put their name on it, but they couldn't. Yeah. They're like on Will works there. That's how I knew about that right, too. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's it's Soldier on's amazing. It's just unfortunate. I think it's gonna sense. in a few years you might see it come come further with well, the legalization the, yeah. and just the stigma dropping and the well their the advertising too. laws will hopefully change. And I'll give it to you as an outsider, and I'm sure there's the veterans listening to this that get a little confused on what you're talking about. And if that's you out there, I, I'm with you on it. And my goal is going to be to ask more questions about this because, yeah, you're you're well versed in it, and I'm just like, man, I, I don't know anything about who Spartan is, who Canna Connect is, what's what's this other company out here, and mm-hmm. helping heroes heal. Well, Canna Connect do. is the same thing as Spartan. They're a little bigger, and they're not as veteran driven, but they they're they're an engine that will get your medical prescription. Yeah, we're we're going to be going there on Monday to speak with Shane Maxwell so yeah they're they they've helped a lot of veterans as well and they they donate to that game as well yeah they yeah. they have a lot of the wellness centers going on and I see we probably know some of the same guys like oh well like yeah. Don yeah Don and Scott right they're right. it's it's creating an atmosphere they're almost like the legion yeah where the legion's kind of fucked up dropped the ball a bit. yeah so mm-hmm. that might be for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. If you're that veteran out there that doesn't understand the politics there too, I'm, <laughs> I'm there with you because I don't know the veteran politics. I just know you can't wear the dirty Patricia shirt in at one of these legions up in what? Fort McMurray or something. Yeah, there's a big controversy. Well, <laughs> wild. I don't know. Um, so Spartan Wellness, do you want to just the website? Yeah, SpartanWellness.ca. Um, we also have our uh, master grower, Matt Landry, XRCD. He's growing uh, medical cannabis f- through Canvita. And it's a... Uh, Small batch? Well, it's, it's, we've got, I think, about 12 strains. Okay. And we've got CBD coming, so there's, a, there's something for everybody there. Right. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Another reminder to check out Sean's foundation, Spartan Wellness, at spartanwellness.ca. Also a reminder to rate and review the podcast, as it does help, and we appreciate it. Until next time, this has been The 158.